Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. The fifth chapter, the first and second verse. And in the fifth chapter, in the first and second verse, uh, we are learning that God is a just God. And so we've been studying what God's justice looks like. And I want to focus a little bit more on his justice, but I want to talk to you this morning about the mercy of God and what it means for God to be merciful. That's very important for us to understand. So let me just give you just a few things on his justice this morning. God cannot but be just, help but be just, right? God cannot help but to be just. It cannot help but to be just. Um, his justice is 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 in regard or because of his holiness that is why we experience the justice of God the justice of God is because of his holiness and so you got to understand that um holiness will not suffer him to do anything but what's righteous right God can be no more unjust than he can be unholy God cannot be unjust and God cannot be unholy. So it's important for us to know that God's will is the supreme rule of justice. That's God's will. His God's will is the supreme rule of justice. And it is the standard of equity. His will is wise and his will is always good. And God's wills, God wills nothing but what is just. And therefore, because God wills justice, there's going to be justice because God wills justice. There's always going to be justice. And so you got to know that about God, that his justice is always a part of who he is. God does justice voluntarily that he does. He, he does. He does justice voluntarily. Um, he it is it flows from his nature, but he does it voluntarily. Men can act unjustly because they are bribed or forced. God will never be bribed. That's powerful within itself. God will never. God will never be bribed. Bribed. God can never be bribed. You cannot bribe God because of his justice. God cannot be forced right? God will not be forced. He's not going to be forced because of his power. And he does justice out of love to us. That's why God does justice. Psalms 45 and 7 says, thou love righteousness, right? God loves holiness. So justice is the perfection of the divine nature. So when we're trying to understand justice, we need to know that that justice is the perfection of divine nature. Justice comp comprehends all of God's virtues. And so when we're saying that God is just, we're saying he is excellent. We are saying um, his perfections meet in him. We saying he is all center. So God is just not just God is justice himself. God is justice himself. That's who God is. God, God can never do, nor can God never did, nor can do the least wrong to his creatures. So when God, when someone starts talking to you and saying, oh, this is God. You better seek the face of the Lord for the wisdom you need for the situation. God's justice has been, has been wronged, but he's never did any wrong. His justice has been wrong, but he's never did wrong. God, God does not go according to the sum and just 
or the rigor of the law, right? Sometimes he's going to abate his severity. He might inflict heavier penalties, right? Than he does, but, and he punishes our iniquities because he does not like sin. God hates sin. He does punish our iniquities. Our iniquities deserve punishment, right? But he gives us mercies. Every Ezra 9 and 13 says our mercies are more than we deserve and our punishments are less, right? And so God's justice is, is, is such. It runs in two channels. God's justice runs in two channels. You're going to see God's justice in the distribution of rewards. And you're going to see God's justice in the distribution of punishment. Right? That's why you need to understand. That's why we need Jesus. So in rewarding the virtues, Psalms 58 and 8 says, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. There, there is a reward for the righteous. The saints shall not serve him, for not he will reward them. He cannot, you cannot serve God and he not reward you. You cannot honor God and he not reward you. You cannot make a decision that you're going to live for God and die for God and God not reward you. You cannot... You cannot. That's not how God works. That's not, that's not, that's not. And if you say, I'm not receiving any of God's reward or I'm not receiving any of his justice, then there's something off kilter because that's not the God I serve. That's not the God we serve. He's not, he's not, he's not. And he's also just in punishing offenders. He is right? He, because he punishes sinners by the law. Where there is no law, there is no transgression, right? And so when we sin, we're punished according to the law because we're operating in the law. We're not operating to the spirit, right? So God is just in punishing the wicked, right? He's, he's just in that. He's just, he's, he's okay. That's where justice is. And it's hard sometimes because we don't want to receive punishment, when we're the wicked, right? We don't want to receive punish, right? God does not always let the wicked prosper in their sin. Sometimes he's going to punish openly, right? So that his justice may be taken notice of. And sometimes he'll punish in secret. And you may not ever know what is happening or going on with the wicked. You, you, you may not, right? Psalms 9 and 16 says that is his justice is seen by striking men dead in the very act of sin, right? And we've seen examples of that in his body, right? And it also reminds us in the word that God's own people are going to suffer a great infliction, right? Right? They're going to say that all day long, right? We got to know this. So we got to know that the justice of God is real, real. And we got to understand that trials and sufferings that we go through, the trials and sufferings we go through for the godly are to refine and purify us, right? That's, so put that in your notes. Anytime I'm suffering, anytime I'm going through, um, anytime God will, God, when we go through things, um, God is purifying us. He is purifying us. Isaiah 31 and 9 says, is it any injustice in God to put his gold into the furnace to purify it? It is, is it any injustice in God by afflicting his people to make them partakers of his holiness? That's Hebrews 12 and 20, right? What more proclaims God's faithfulness than to take such a course with them as make and make them better? In faithfulness, thou has afflicted me. That's Psalms 119 and 95. So when we hear the justice of God, we got to be thankful for God's justice, for his judgment and his rewards. And we've got to be okay to be purified. 
It's okay to be purified because purified brings you into another level of holiness. Purified brings you into another level of maturity. Purified brings you into a, a seat into the secret place so that you can really dwell in the secret place. And most of us don't want to experience the purification because it's painful, because it's hurt, because it seems like there are things that are being taken from us. Right. And so we don't want to deal with the purification. We don't want to be in the process in which we have to pur be purified because it's overwhelming sometimes. But you need to be purged. You need to be cleansed. You need to, you need to become holy. You need these things so that you can walk according to kingdom. Right. Remember, Matthew tells us um, that in and every we're going to be judged on the day of judgment by every word. We say that's going to be judged by our words. Either we're going to be acquitted or by our words, we're going to be condemned. And so when we're someone who has lived loose in our words, right? We need God to purify us so we don't use loose words. We need God to purify us so we won't continue on the same path, right? Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not unto my own understanding. When I am leaning into my own understanding, do you know what that means? I am leaning to what I believe in. I am leaning towards what I trust. And I'm not leaning into the things of God. And so purification is good and purification is necessary, right? We need that. And most of us won't stand still to get it, right? We'll get to a place in God and God will start showing us things that are wrong in our heart. And God will start showing us things that are wrong in our life. And God will start opening up, up our eyes for our to ourselves, right? Many of us have had our eyes open to other people for way too long. Like we can see everything wrong that everybody else does. But when he starts opening our eyes to ourselves... It, it becomes harmful. I remember um, an older lady in our church, she was teaching Bible study and she was saying, um, you just got to put on a full armor of God. You got to put on a full armor of God. And I, you know, that's it. You, once you put the full armor of God and I was looking at her, right? Because I had begun a brand new walk with God and I was walking, about to walk into my call. And she was like, you need to be in your way and you need to eat this armor. And I was like, yes, ma'am. But will you tell me what to do when it hurts? Like, will you tell me what to do when you give me a word that is showing me a side of me I wasn't ready to see? Will you show me what's going on? Will you tell me and explain to me when the Lord is telling me my mouth is not honoring him? When God is telling me the relationships that I'm in, he's not involved in, when God is pulling me away, when I feel isolated, come on now, when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel confused, right? Will you tell me this, right? Like, will you tell me this? And so we have to understand that there is a purification place. There is a purifying place. There is a holy place in which God will pull you in. That's why we pray, Lord God, open the eyes of my understanding to the hope and call of who you call me to be in Christ Jesus. I need a revelation knowledge of who and what you're saying to me in your word. And so that's part of his justice, right? That's part of his justice. Um, he is. Um, and, and so all men are equally, all, all men are equally guilty by nature, right? All men are eager, but there is a purification place, right? There is a purification. You have to know the difference between God and this world. This world is unjust. 
That you you got to hear me in this. You got to know the, the 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 even the court system is perverse. You you your justice, you can't trust the justice of this world over the justice of God. You can't put your trust in that can 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 I, can I tell you what he said? He said, I'll never see my righteous forsaking. I never. So even when a court system forsakes you or even when people forsake you, God's justice is not like that, right? They, they, the, this world will decree unrighteous decrees. They will. That's what Isaiah 10 and 1 says. This world will decree unrighteous decrees. This world will put a false judgment against you. This world will ju will judge you. This world is deceitful. Um, this world is unjust. This world is not the one true God. They're not the one true judge. I don't, I, 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 I love, I'm all for law. I'm all for the legal system, but my trust is never in this legal system. My trust is in the God that will vindicate me. That's why God says recompense no evil for evil, right? Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I'm not trusting. I don't, I, I, this, this law, the laws of the land and this justice system, it cannot necessarily be trusted, right? I've got to trust in the things. I got to trust in a kingdom. I got to trust in a heaven. I got to trust in a God. I got to trust because this system become can come become so corrupt and be against us. Like we put too much trust in systems that are not ruled by God. No, that's, can I tell you something? That's why we need the righteous placed in those systems. We need the righteous in our school systems. We need the righteous in our legal systems. We need the righteous in our medicine systems because the righteous will stand as a gap. So if you're in those systems, I don't care what that systems tell you, you're supposed to be operating according to the just, just we need righteous nurses, we need righteous lawyers, we need right, you're, you're not supposed to get caught up in those systems, you're supposed to be caught up in the justice of God, you're supposed to be taking every case, praying over every case, asking the Lord, what is my responsibility to this case, not the responsibility to the court system, what is my responsibility? responsibility to the case that you've given me, Lord God, because you set me in this place to be righteous in this place, to be an interceder, to be in the gap. And we will get lost in a system, trusting the justice of the system over the justice of God. No man has rule over you because God has rule over you. And we're like, but we live in a man's system. You, you better understand kingdom. But you better understand kingdom. God will raise up a system. He raised up Pharaoh. That's what he said in his word. God will raise up a system just to tear it down. Just for you to know he's God. Just for you to know he's sovereign. Just for you to know who he is. He will raise up a system. He will let something go so far. Just so that he can prove and show and demonstrate that he is God. That's, that's the kind of God we serve. And so we have to be mindful of the systems we work in and the systems we live in and understanding the justice of God and that God's justice system supersedes man's system always. God is in complete control. God is in complete control. God is in complete control. Don't you ever think God is not in control. God is in complete control. God is sovereign. God is just. Don't you think he don't see injustice? Don't you think? That's why he tells us, lay, lay low, baby. That's what he says. Lay low. I got this. 
Like lay low, I got this. And so we have to begin to understand more the sovereign of God, the justice of God, right? We got to know, we got to trust it, right? We got to know the God, we got to know who and what God is and that he can supersede anything, right? So what is a good law without a good judge? Injustice lies in two things, right? Either not to punish where there is a fault or to punish where there is no a fault. And so men will become unjust in their dealings. You, you need to know that your bosses will become unfair, can I tell you this? Your bosses will become unfair. Um, your landlord can become unfair. Any situation that you're in that requires judgment from another person can always be dealt unfairly. That's why you need the favor of God on your life. You need God's favor more than you need man's approval. My God, I said a word right there. You need God's favor more than you ever needed man's approval, sign off, camaraderie, relationships, cohesiveness. You need God's favor more than you ever needed man's check system. My God, his favor supernaturally succeeds any system. God has the, the ability to speak in a man's ear. A good friend of mine was telling me a story. He needed a he needed a uh, something approved. And when he went to go to try to get it approved, they were like, you're so far down on the list. This is not going to be approved. We'll see you. You're not up next. Like you're not up next. He went home and a few days or a week or two later, it was supposed to be months. He went home and a week or two later, he was getting a call from the man. The man was calling him. He said, can you get down here and fill this paperwork out and get out of my way? When he talked to the man, the man and, and he was beginning to, he asked the man, he was, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. Your name just kept being in my head. Your name just kept being in my head. So let me go. When we see the scripture of the judge and he and the woman and the woman keeps going before him, she keeps going before the king, she keeps going before the king, and then the king finally says, I'm gonna rule on your behalf. I'm getting ready to go on and give you what you want, woman. I'm finna give you what you want. I'm finna give you, I'm gonna go ahead and give you what you want. Those are the kind of things that the favor of God will do for you. So you can't be so caught up in the systems that we live in that you don't understand the God you serve. I'm not relinquishing God's control over to a system ever again, ever, ever again, ever, ever again, because I've come into the understanding that what God has for me, what God has for me, what he has for me, I know with a doubt, without a doubt is for me and can't no devil in hell stop it and can't no man stop. It. He will worry you about me. He will worry. He's going to worry you about me until I get what I need. He's going to cause favor to come on my behalf. He's going to move heaven and hell. If he's got to position me, if he needs me to be in a specific place, he's going to do absolutely everything that he needs to do for that to happen. That's how the justice of God works. That's why when the scripture says to us, he will never leave this, the, he will never leave. You're never going to see the righteous forsaken. He's never going to leave his seed begging bread ever 
ever. You ain't ever got to beg for nothing. Why? Because justice system favor looks different. You just got to understand the justice of God. You got to understand the season in your life. You got to understand the nature of God. You got to understand the call of God on your life. You got to understand divine positioning and divine timing and who and what God is. But his justice is his justice. Men are unjust in their dealings. Man, God is never unjust in his dealings ever. Ever, 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 ever. Man will try to tell you. See, man will try to tell you God is unjust in his dealings because he doesn't want you to trust. He doesn't want you to trust God more than you will trust him. Because if you trust him, if you trust man more than you trust God, you won't push beyond your boundaries. You won't push beyond your limitations. You won't faith for it. You won't, you won't faith for it. You won't faith for it. A woman of God was telling me the other day that um, she did not get, they, she, she had lost her job. She's had a couple of jobs she's lost. She's really been pressing into the things of God. She got a letter of determination saying, you're not going to get unemployment. You're not, you didn't work long enough and qualify. She said in her spirit, she kept putting her information in the system. Every week she was submitting her stuff. Every week she was submitting her stuff. She said she felt in her spirit to go check in the system. She went to check in the system. Now they had told her, they had sent her a letter saying she would not get her unemployment benefits. When she went back to check in the system, they had approved her unemployment benefits and she's getting a check this week. She's getting a check this week. You can't tell me about the justice of God. She was crying yesterday telling me this story. You can't tell me about the faithfulness of God. It supersedes man. It supersedes man's expectation. It supersedes. She said they had approved me. They didn't even send her the letter telling her she had been approved. She went and checked in the system because the Holy Spirit led her to check back in the system and she was approved. 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 So you got to understand that God's justice is for you. Like God's justice is for you. God's justice is not in this. I, I, I'm not worried about this system. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to be excellent. I'm not going to be lawless, but I'm not worried about this system because I understand, right? You got to let justice be your ornament. <laughs> you got to put on the robe of righteousness you got to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. That's why we're stomach. That's why we're studying Romans 5, 1 and 2, so that you understand the, the justice of God. Because when we get into the next verse, there's a peace that comes with his justice. There's a peace that comes with his justice. There's a peace that comes when you know God is on the throne. There's a peace when you know every trial and every situation and every circumstance that justice is going to be served. There is a peace that passes all understanding. There is a peace that will make you chill out. There is a peace that will make you praise and glorify God in the most obscene situation. There is a peace that comes when you know God is going to judge on your favor. When you know God is going to answer your prayers. There's just a peace that comes. There's a mantle that rests on that. That comes from understanding that I am justified. And I know where my righteous is. So let me just give you a few things about God's mercy. Like because you need to understand his mercy. You need to understand where his mercy comes from. And that his mercy comes because of his love for us. That, that's where his mercy comes. His mercy comes before his love. God is merciful, right? God is merciful, right? We get justice. We get, we get, we don't get all what we deserve. 
Can I be your living witness? We don't get all that we deserve. We don't get all that we deserve. That's why I pray. That's, one of, that's why I praise God the way that I do. Because I know how foolish I was. We don't get all that we deserve. I don't get, I don't get, I don't get, I don't get all. I haven't gotten all I deserve. I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten. There were times in my past, a long time ago, I ain't paid my tithes and God still took care of me. Come on now, I ain't get all I deserve. I ain't got all I deserve. Deserve. There was times I was way outside of what he told me and he still protected me. I don't get all, I ain't got all I deserve. I'm still living. I'm still here. And so God being merciful basically means that when we deserve punishment, he doesn't punish us. We deserve punishment. And in fact, instead he blesses us. In fact, instead he blesses us. In fact, instead he's holding. When we get mercy, God is holding just withholding just condemnation. He said, "You know what? I'm going to extend my mercy to you in this circumstance and this situation." My God, my God! Like I'm gonna extend my 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 mercy to you. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna withhold condemnation. I'm gonna withhold. I'm gonna withhold condemnation from you throughout the bible god gives us so many different illustrations of how he withholds condemnation first kings 11 and 13 he told Solomon, he said, however, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. God said to Solomon, even in your foolishness, I'm getting ready to extend mercy to you. Even as foolish as you are, I'm getting ready to let you experience my mercy. And I'm doing this for the sake of my son, my servant, David. And I'm doing this for the sake of Jerusalem. And it just so happens that you're a part of that lineage. So I'm going to extend mercy to you. He was a merciful to Israel in their captivity. He says, for the sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. Because of his love for you, because of his love for you, because of his love for you, right? He remembers his covenant with you and relented according to the abundance of of his love. Every time you experience his mercy, you experience his love. This is why we, we shouldn't charge. We shouldn't charge anybody ever. We should never be charging anybody with our hearts. We should never be charging with anybody out of our mouth. We ought to have a mercy account that we remember that every time God extended mercy to us, that we deserve, we, we should be extending the same mercy to others. We should never, we should never, we should, we need to remember what's in our account. We need to remember what's in our, in our account. Nehemiah 9 and 31, nevertheless, in your great mercies, you did not make an end of them or forsake them. See, that's personal for me. Nevertheless, in your great mercy. You did not make an end of Lakeisha or forsake Lakeisha, for you are a gracious and a merciful God. He is a grace, gracious and a merciful God, right? He gave God, God he gave God, he gave mercy to Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth through David, right? For through David, David said to Mephibosheth, don't be afraid. I'm going to show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I tell my sons all the time, some of the blessings and the seed that they're seeing and the grace and the things that they're experiencing on their life, 
is because my husband sowed and he was such a man of God that he planted kingdom for us. And even though he's not here on this earth, we're reaping the mercy of God because of the seeds that my husband sowed. I tell my boys that all the time. I said, you're reaping some seeds of your daddy's sowing. This is, this is part of your daddy's sowing. We ain't even seen some of the stuff that I've sowed yet. We ain't seen it. We're reaping the seeds of your daddy's harvest for the things that he sowed, right? God's mercy also is found in Matthew 18, 23, 27, where he compared the kingdom of heaven to a king's king who wished to settle accounts with his servants, right? And we know for a fact that the king came in and he re he just released what he owed. And if you'll be honest in your life, God has released a lot of times what you owe. You haven't paid for what you do. You haven't paid for what's due to you, right? We owed a debt to God we could never, 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 never repay. We could never repay. We owe a debt to God, never repay. And so you know what God said? I'm going to show you some mercy. I'm, I'm going to show you some mercy. I'm going to show you some. You got a debt you can't even repay. You've had a debt you can't even repay. And he said, you know what? I'm going to show you some mercy. I'm going to show you what my love looks like. And I'm going to bring my son who is perfect. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Knew no sin. Had not sinned. Had never sinned. Had never sinned. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And he wiped out absolutely every one of your debt. The interesting thing when we back up to Matthew 18, 23 and 27 is the same person that God forgave, forgiven, turned around and was not walking in forgiveness. That's why I say you need to keep it an account of the mercy that God has shown you. You need to know that we have been forgiven. And so we have the right to hold forgiveness. We should be forgiving other people. We should be releasing them. We should be letting them go. We should be saying, you know what? This don't even matter. Let me wipe out. You out in your head right now. Let me wipe out every account that I've had against everybody. Let me not charge them anymore. As a matter of fact, let me wipe out their account right now because I know that there are some stuff that I should have been charged for. There's some stuff that I should have been charged for. There's some stuff that I should have been charged for that I was not charged for. There is some stuff that I should have been charged for. I wasn't charged for it. I wasn't charged for it. So let me go on and say, you know what? It don't even matter what you did. It don't, it don't even matter what you did. Because if it's paid in full for me, it's paid in full for you. It don't even matter. It don't, you gotta get, mm, it, it, it don't even matter. It don't matter what happened. It don't matter what you did. If my debt was paid in full, let me go on and release you and let your debt be paid in full. Because this is the other thing that I know. The Lord has told me in his word, recompense no evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, baby. You ain't got to worry about nothing nobody do against you, say about you. You ain't got to worry about nothing. I got you. I got you. I got, I got, got you, baby. You ain't got, you ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about them. You ain't got to worry about how you've been wrong. You ain't got to worry about how you lying. You ain't got to worry about all that. You ain't got to worry about all that. So let's shift, let's shift perspective. Mercy is coupled with all kinds of attributes of God. It says, but you, oh God, but you, oh Lord, are God, a merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Right? That's an attribute of God. You are, low, oh Lord, Lord, are our God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, 
So if he's slow to anger and we're made in his image, we should be slow to anger. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God's mercy is rooted in his love for us. He is merciful because he is love. That, that's it. God is merciful. The reason, well, I don't deserve this. You don't. You don't, you don't deserve. I don't deserve this. You don't. You don't. But the king of the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle loves you. First John 4 and 8, anyone who does not love God, does not love, does not know God because God is love. Like God is love. When we struggling with people, we just ain't got enough God in us. When we struggling with situations, when we having a hard time exhibiting love, we just don't, we just ain't got enough God in us for that situation. He is love, right? And as sinners, we deserve punishment. We do. We do. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God's righteousness and the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus was brutally beaten, murdered on our behalf, received our condemnation. And guess what we get in return? We get God's mercy that, that we get. We get his mercy. Right. God loves us. He didn't create us because he wanted us to be with him. And in order for him, us to be with him, mercy had to take place. There is an inseparable. There is an inseparable connection between God's love and his mercy. And if we rest in that and if we trust in that, right? And we understand his mercy, if we understand Jesus' sacrifice, we'll be better to walk in our righteousness. We'll understand our righteousness. We'll understand why we're justified. We'll ask God for mercy daily. You're gonna be, you ain't gonna be foolish no more. You're gonna be like, I need your mercy. <laughs> Lord, give me some mercy today. I need a fresh wave of grace on my life. You're gonna start asking him for that which you need. You're gonna ask him for it because you're gonna understand, I need your mercy. This is what it means to be justified. I need your holiness. I need you to help me with this. I need your mercy, Father God. And you're going to stop trying to take on and battle sin in your own strength. You can't fight with the devil on his own territory. You can't, 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 you will not win. You will not win. You will not win. You need his mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is for your eternal benefit. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's James 2 and 3. Mercy will triumph over judgment. It will. It will. It will. It will. That's why I said, we ain't messed about this. I, I love my country. I love my nation. I love my city, my state, my world. I'm going to honor those in authority because that's the spirit of the Lord upon me. But I'm not messed up about this world system because all of this will fade away and God will still be God and God's kingdom will still last and God's kingdom will be here. That's why only what you're going to do for God, like my granny used to say that to me, only what you do for God, baby, is going to last. My granny used to say that to me. I didn't understand it. I actually wrote on that today. Only what my granny used to say that, baby, only what you do for God is going to last. And I didn't understand what she was saying in one season in my life. But as I became more mature in my word and more mature in the things of God, I began to understand 
Everything else will fade away. Friendships will fade away. Love will fade away. Your boo will fade away. Your money will fade away. Corinthians tell us all these things will fade away, but love will still laugh and love is God. Love will still last. First Corinthians 13, 14 and 8, 4 and 8, when it says all these things will fade away. Prophecy, tongues, all these, but love will still be here. God will still be here. God is love. God is love. Love will still last. And you got to know that love will still last. Yeah, when the seasons change, God is still God. Well, Nika, yes. God doesn't stop being God because a season change. God doesn't stop being God because a plague comes in. God doesn't stop being God because your husband walks out. God doesn't stop being God because it looks like your kids won't speak to you. God doesn't stop being God because your money is funny. God doesn't stop being God ever. <laughs> God doesn't stop being God ever. He never stops being God. God doesn't stop being God when people die. God does not. God is still God. Yes, Lakita, this world ain't my home. I'm an ambassador. I'm a bond servant to Christ Jesus. And when we get that and we begin to understand that, we begin to operate differently. This isn't my home. We don't even spend a whole lot of time trying to be caught up in this world system. Why? Because we know that kingdom is everywhere. The kingdom of God is in us. It's all around us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You'll stop focusing on this stuff around you because you'll realize this ain't my, I got a home to go to. I got a place to be. And this ain't my place. This ain't it. I'm a bond servant here. I'm here serving you. I'm here just in this system to bring more people to you. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to, I should be glorifying him at work. That's why I told you, you can't be ashamed of who you are in Christ Jesus. You can't be afraid to offend people. You can't be afraid of who you are. You can't be afraid of what God is calling you to, to serve and to share and to be his replica and to be his example here on earth. You can't be afraid of where you are. You're not, you don't belong here. You're never going to fit in. You're never going to fit in. You don't belong here. You're never going to fit in into this world system. And if you keep trying to fit in, if you keep trying to force yourself to fit into this world system, you're always going to feel out of place. And you're going to cycle back into the... Been there, did that, baby. Been there, did that. Been there, did that. Been there, did that. You're going to cycle back to the same place if you continuously try to fit yourself in this system that you don't belong to any, see, you're a kingdom citizen. <laughs> you're a kingdom citizen. You're a kingdom citizen. And you got to know that and you got to grow in that. And how you become kingdom minded is through the word. And how you first become kingdom minded is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. By saying, you know what, Jesus, I need, I, I need a Savior acknowledging that you're a sin sinner. You know what? I'm a sinner. That's good, Mama Jeanette. P pray that. Pray for more boldness. That's how I did. I would have never. Can, can I tell y'all about my little introverted self? My oldest son was home recently, and he said, you're a charismatic introvert. People don't realize how introverted you are. I am an introvert. I am not an extrovert. I am not, I am not, but I love God with all my heart. And I had to pray for him to make me bold in this. I am very quiet when I'm at home. I talk among the people that I love, but I could not do this without the boldness of Jesus Christ. 
I am not, I am not, I am quiet. I read. I'm a nerd. I'm always reading. Um, I am an introvert by nature. My energy I get from being alone. Right. But because of those things, like you just prayed, Mama Jeanette, praying to be bold, I'm able to walk into the call on my life. I talk in spaces and seasons and places and with the people I love. I'm not an extra. I'm not. And so he'll bring forth boldness out of you if that's really what you desire. If you want to do more for him, if you want to be more bold, if you want to walk into the fullness of who you're called to be, pray his boldness around you. Pray, pray that your scales be aside off. Just go ask him for it so that you can be what you're supposed to be in his kingdom, right? Ask him, if you've never received Jesus Christ, this is your time. Lord, I need to make you Lord and Savior. Like, I need to ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I need a Lord in my life. I need a Lord in my life. I need a Lord, and I need a Savior, Lord God, and I need you to save me. And then believe he died on the cross. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you, right? <laughs> let the Holy Spirit let the Holy Spirit deal with you. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you. That's it, y'all. An introvert with an extroverted mission. That's how I know he calls certain people right he calls certain people he calls certain, i know he calls you because when he called me i was like oh, okay oh, okay and you can fake people out and make them think you a, a certain way and you're not even that way right you're not you're not even that's not even who you are but anyway so if you've never received christ this is your time to receive christ acknowledge believe and confess it's so simple Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you to be Lord and Savior in my life. I'm going to acknowledge my sins. I'm a sinner. I'm going to believe you died on the cross, and I'm going to fess out of my mouth for you to be Lord and Savior. It's time. It's time. If you've been waiting on the right moment, here's your right moment. If you've been waiting on the right moment for you to draw closer in your relationship with God, you're in the right moment. You're in the right moment. This is your right moment. This is your right moment. This is your right moment moment. I promise it is. This is your right moment to make the decision to serve God, right? To serve God, to love God, to be with God, to be with God, to do more for God. This is your moment to decide, Lord, I want your boldness. Can I pray a holy boldness over you? Can I do that for you? Can I pray that there's a holy boldness in you? Can I pray the fire of God over you, light you up? Can I do that for you before we leave today? Father God, I just thank you that there is a holy boldness coming to your people that they will not shrink back, Lord God, that they will learn to discern you, Lord God, and that they will run for the kingdom. I thank you that the fire of God is burning. Just receive it. Raise your hand. I just thank you that the fire of God is burning up any chaff in them right now, Lord God, burning up anything that's been keeping them disconnected, that's been pushing, keeping them from moving and pushing more. Any relationship, I thank you, Lord God, that those relationships are ending today. And I thank you there is a holy boldness. Your fire is on them, Lord God. I thank you you're burning up the chaff. And I thank you they'll run boldly for Christ. Shake them up, Daddy. Shake them up. Let them be holy and bold in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of y'all got missions to do, right? I'm saying that, not God, but some of y'all got so much to accomplish. God is saying that, that you need a holy boldness. And I pray that the holy boldness right? That he boldness, the boldness, the holy boldness of God be upon you. So you become bold and you don't shrink back and you don't stay in the background anymore. 
that you you walk boldly in what God is saying about you and boldly in what God has called you to do in Jesus' name, right? In Jesus' name. Let me read Psalms 91 over you and then we're going to go. I want to cover you for the weekend, right? I need to cover you. I want to cover you for the weekend in Psalm, Psalms 91. Remember this evening, afternoon at um, 12 noon, 12 noon, 12 noon, 12 noon, we are, we're going to do if. We're working on our bold if. We don't want any ifs in our life. We're going to do if 12 noon, 12 noon Central Standard Time. So 12 to 1230. And then all my ladies that are signed up for Pillow Talk, I'll see you tonight. That's going to be so precious. Um, so let me pray Psalms 91 over you. And I'm taking this for all my family, all my loved ones. I'm taking this for you. I'm setting a hedge of protection over you this weekend. I thank you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No demon, no devil in hell shall come to your dwelling. I thank you that the angels are encamped around your house, your job, your family, your loved ones, your members in the hospital. I thank you that the angels are encamped around you in Jesus name. It says those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest. Lakeisha, Javen, Jalil, Jermaine, Josiah, Judah, Lyric, Logan, Shiloh, Zayden, Casey, Janie, Derek, Alana, Valisa, Rick, Vivica, uh, Marquise, all of all my family who live in the, re the find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terror at night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. I bind every satanic assault off your life. I command my God in the name of Jesus, every demon, every devil, and every foul spirit. You can no longer advance against God's people in Jesus' name. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in me. And when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, but more than anything, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. I don't care if you got to say that 90 times a day. God loves me. God loves me. He is with me. He is for me. He fights on my behalf. I don't care how many times a day you got to say that. God, you love me. God loves 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 me. He gives me his mercy. That's a sign of his love. When the enemy is trying to tell you it's not working, God's love is with you. Just keep waiting. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep being encouraged. Know that God is with you and God loves you. Like God loves you so, so much. My God, I thank you for how much you love us, God. Like for how much you love us, how much you will love us. You love us so much. Thank you, Daddy God, for loving us the way that you do. If this is your first time on the devotional, we welcome you. Do me a favor, go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Subscribe to the Daily Devotional. Go to the YouTube channel, Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. 
right? Go over there. We need a few more subscriptions on the YouTube channel and then we'll be able to run YouTube live in the morning. I would love to run YouTube live. So we need like 300 and something more subscriptions on the YouTube channel. If we get to a thousand, I can start running YouTube live. That's YouTube's requirements. So invite your friends, go subscribe to the YouTube channel so we can run on YouTube as all. I want to run on YouTube as well in the morning so that we can run on YouTube as well. Um, go to the website. Consider becoming a partner with this ministry, right? Go find out where our mission are. We have ministry of MIA ministry in action. We partner with Drew Projects. We partner with Salvation Army. We have a program called Feed the Streets where we get out and literally feed the streets. We get out literally and feed the streets. Um, we partner with several other people in our community and we make sure we have provision in place to meet the needs of those. So consider becoming a partner with this ministry. Just go to the website, make a subscribe, any partnership amount, right? Any partnership amount, any partnership amount, and then go subscribe and invite somebody else to subscribe to YouTube. Show the, share the devotional today. It, you, you are right. Just click, click share, sit, put it on your timeline. It's not going to hurt you to put the timeline. Every time you share the devotional, you are glorifying God. You are not glorifying Lakeisha. It's not about me. It is all about God. And we want to see him. The goal of this ministry is to get the goal to get Jesus Christ throughout the world. I love y'all so much. But guess what? More than anything, God loves you. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Let the love of God be in you, all around you. Let someone experience God through you. Every city, every state, every nation, and every world. We are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I promise we are. I love you so much. Why? Because it's kingdom, baby. It's kingdom for me to love you. See y'all at 12. See you at 12. For Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.